Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Bitch, Bitch and Bitch, the podcast specifically designed to help you complain and get the compensation and money returned that you deserve. Today, we're going to talk about BT, British Telecom. You know, there was a campaign at one time which said, it's good to talk. Well, it is good to talk, but when you're not getting the kind of download speeds that you expect, and they guarantee, then it's really aggravating. So let me tell you, some time ago, when I took out my BT contract, it was £66 per month. And for that, I received two hubs, one to go into the lounge and one to go into the bedroom and a guaranteed speed somewhere in the region of 56 megabytes. Now that was guaranteed on Fibre One, I think it was called at that time. I may be doing them injustice, it may just have been 50 megabytes. But the fact is, I never received these. And so I contacted BT and asked, having given the download speeds from, you know, the speed testers that you can get, Um, that I was not getting these kind of speeds that I was expecting. So an engineer came down and he kind of fiddled about with the line and did various other things. And for a period of time, (laughs) about a week, we were getting not 50 megabytes, but somewhere close to it, about 40, something like that. But then after that week, the speeds dropped back to something like 20. So, you know, downloading something, um, even on TV, it was buffering the the whole time. So I asked for another engineer to come down. And this was when it was really enlightening. He had a look at the system that we have here. And his first question was, why have you got a separate hub in your bedroom? Well, I said, so that we could get the maximum coverage. He said, but you live in a flat. You don't need a hub. Okay, thank you. And then he said, and this was really enlightening, you are so far from the BT box, you would never, ever be able to get the speeds that we have been talking about. In essence, therefore, we had been missold. In fact, I would go as far as to say, we had been fraudulently missold. So the only opportunity that I now had was to speak to BT to see if I could resolve this. I said um, in the blurb that I put out with this podcast is that I would offer you some golden rules of how to complain so that you get what you deserve in terms of compensation. So let me give you the first of six of these golden rules. The first is obviously know your facts. That means get the financial information together and get the other information about what has been promised and write them down. Don't just commit them to memory, write them down. 
Put the names and dates of previous contacts, the emails, the voice messages, or the complaints that you've raised perhaps on a website. In this particular instance, it was a telephone call um, after the engineers had come to see me. Know who the professional body is so that if needs be, and this was the case here, you can make contact with the ombudsman. Find out what their charter is. As I said, BT was, it's good to talk. Um, and also time everything. Make sure that you know when you're going to make the call and all the relevant backup information. So that's the first six of the golden rules. So armed with all of these facts, I made the initial call. The important thing here is, and this is the next ten um, golden rules, is be friendly. Never swear or raise your voice. Remember that the first person that you speak to in this chain of command, as it were, is somebody who's just managing the call and he's trying to resolve it to the best of his ability without having to push it further up the chain. But here is the second rule. Get the name, understand the role of the person that you're speaking to, and if possible, the location of the person you're speaking to. Listen to their accent, because then you know where they are in the world. In this particular instance, and it was really good, the guy came from the north, which was great, because that meant that, first of all, I could virtually understand him, and he could understand me, and the language was no barrier. Get them on side. Find out <laughs> simple things like what's the weather like where you are? What's the football team you support? Um, this guy was in Newcastle, so um, Newkey Brown was his uh, involvement there. So that was good. Then I talked about the problem. I explained that I'd had engineers down. I explained that we could never, ever possibly get the guaranteed speeds and that I was paying an extortionate amount of money for something that I was just not receiving. And again, I used those key words about fraudulent and mis-selling. I stated the complaint. I was measured and concise. And I use these kind of phrases to him. I hope you can help me. This was a guy in this particular instance. And the key phrase here. How would you feel if this happened to you? I asked him to log the complaint. I asked him for the reference number and his name, which I will not mention here because actually it's irrelevant and I promised at the beginning that I wouldn't mention people's names. I wanted clear and specific next steps. When would he come back to me? Who will come back to me? And the names and the dates and the position of that particular individual. It so happened that we had agreed um, because he, he was friendly, he understood the problem and he realised that there was something that needed, needed to be resolved. So he gave me the name of his manager and we agreed the date and time that that person would come back to me. Did they come back to me? Like hell they came back to me. So again, I had to find out the name, make the complaint, and in fact in this particular instance, I set it up 
so that I sent them an email. So I had not only had had this conversation, which I confirmed that was recorded, so there was no way that they could say that it hadn't been, um, and also that I had sent this particular email itemising the complaint. So we're now into the next phase, when there is another set of golden rules. They would be a different person. So I needed to recap on the situation that I've just gone through with you. The names, the dates, the times, and the confirmation that the conversation was recorded. Now, in situations like this, um, again, don't get angry. Be specific, be clear, and if necessary, be a little bit theatrical. Show your disappointment. Be measured, but firm. And if necessary, escalate if the promise that we experienced, and this is true, had not been kept. The promises had not been kept. So it was reasonable for us to elevate it. I needed to get the name of the manager and make clear and specific next steps. When will they come back to me? Again, names, dates and position. There is no substitute for getting the real facts of the case so that you can then be reasonable and relate them. I actually asked for the recording when I made the complaint. That was never forthcoming, but I was assured that it was a matter of record. So I said at that stage, because it was getting very frustrating, that I would be prepared to refer it to the ombudsman, if I can say it right, um, and to the small claims court, if, if that was necessary. Because what came out of the conversation was that there was no way that these speeds could be achieved, and therefore I wanted to leave BT so that I could get another provider. Well... What happened then? I was told that it would cost me £186 to break the contract. Oh no, I said. That would not be the case, because in fact, it's not only that that cost would be waived, but I wanted to have assurance that I would be compensated for the overpayment, remember I was paying £66 per month, for something that should have been much, much less. So I said that part of this deal, if I was not to escalate this to social media, if necessary, so now perhaps I started to get to be Mr Nasty, I confirmed that I would speak to their CEO and relate the really bad service that I received. I had then immediately the confirmation that this money would be waived. It took a long time ultimately to get this money back because what they told me, and I still don't know whether this is so, is that they had to raise a final bill, which then they would waive that money. But the bill had to be presented first of all before they could dispose of this £186. Again, I knew that the conversation had been recorded and at long last some satisfaction was achieved. The threat of social networking or making that information available, as I'm doing now, um, will certainly help, what's the word, clarify their thinking. 
And actually, this situation has not been resolved yet in terms of compensation, and certainly the Ombudsman is involved. And the one key here, one key fact here, which is worthwhile noting, if you're not getting the kind of satisfaction at this stage, then it is important to keep the conversation going. Because the one thing that these organisations hate is if the file is left open. So there is another element to this. Um, I have already told you that the guarantees that I received, that the money would be waived, that they would at least consider compensation, had already taken place. But there is perhaps another element to this, and if you like, it's the last of these golden rules. Certainly, if it isn't going anywhere, now is the time to really get tough. Get the name and email of the CEO, and this is quite easy to do if you go online. Write a firm but friendly email to the CEO defining the exact situation, quote the beneficial marks of the people spoken to. State your disappointment that you have had to bring this matter to their attention, as you have been a supporter of their organisation. But this falls short of their stated customer service policy. Again, you need to know your facts. And never accept the first offer. Always put up the ante, make a complaint, escalate the complaint, and make sure that you know you're getting what you want out of this. So that's the case study. These are the golden rules that I've told you about. And ultimately what happened is that I did leave a BT. I did get the money um, that was waived. I didn't have to pay um, a penalty for leaving them. And I chose another supplier. I'm not going to state that at this stage because it's still early days with them. One never knows. But immediately I changed supplier. And since then, and this happened way back in November of last year, November the 7th to be exact, um, and it has taken a considerable amount of time and energy to sort this, but it's worth it. I'd much rather have the money in my pocket than in their pocket. And ultimately I did change supplier and now I have speeds 40 plus megabytes. So the whole situation that they were telling me, BT, they're the engineers in the first place, that I would never ever be able to get the higher speeds was actually ridiculous. And it's worthwhile noting that although fiber optics is now the connection point for our telephone lines and our uh, Wi-Fi and, and all of that, it is only from the main box to the fiber optic. Thereafter, it's copper. We're all suffering from this. It's copper from the box to your location. And as I've said to you previously, my location was so far away from the box that it was meaningless what they were saying. So that's the end of the story. I wish you joy in making sure that you get what you want out of your discussions. I hope the golden rules have been useful. And the next podcast will be about Virgin Atlantic Airlines and the problems we had and the substantial compensation we received there. Have a great day. Enjoy your bitch, bitch, <laughs>